There's a million things we have to do today, and worrying doesn't need to be one of them. That's why one in nine families use Life360 for safety, to connect to the people that matter most. Join today and get premium features that keep your family protected with real-time location updates, crash detection, and 24-7 roadside assistance. Because let's face it, you're more than just your to-do list, you're a family. So let's live life 360. Download for free today. Man, things have been late on J360 Radio lately, but a lot of interesting things have happened. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles are now Super Bowl champs. All teams in the NFC East are Super Bowl champs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. I mean, it's been about a week, but I'm still wrapping my head around the whole situation. But I can cover more of that in the Cyclone series. But, you know, after popularity be damned, I wonder where to go from here in terms of the J-Man show, you know? And speaking of which, the Cyclone series is still fresh, and Fridays at J360 is coming along after a successful live test, mind you. I even had time to do a crossover episode not too long ago. Shoutouts to the horribly awkward show, by the way. So, what happens now? Hey, wait. I remember having a few things I didn't cover for you all during the duration of this series. Matter of fact, I think I have a couple of things that are considered loose ends on this. So you know what? We're going to go ahead and handle that from the top. Welcome to the J-Man Show here on J360 Radio. Hey, J360 Legion, welcome back to the J-Man Show, here for episode 45. I'm your host, Jay, of course. And, you know, which, considering all the setbacks that happened this past week, I didn't think we would get to this number. But, (laughs) hey, we're here now, and everything is stable again. And let me be honest with you all, right? You know, as a producer with so many goals and plans, it's easy to get lost in the process and inadvertently create a backlog that serves nothing more than distractions. However, the most important thing to handle that is to have a listing of what's feasible right now and put those small plans into action. Like, I have so many shows and movies and things that I want to get done this year, but at the same time, it's all about doing inventory, making sure what's organized and what can be done at this time, because, you know, you may not have the manpower and you may not have the monetary gain to do such. But as long as you have it all cataloged and set up and you have a plan, you might not worry about too much of a backlog. But inadvertently, by going ahead and trying to do some new tests here and there, which is important, I kind of created a little bit of a backlog. So I need to go ahead and make sure that I handle the business with my show and with the Cyclone series. Um, Is the Power Play series coming back? Yeah, it is. But for right now... Just going ahead and making sure what's feasible and what's not. And then, of course, you got Fridays at J360, too. And speaking of which, one of my big plans was I remember telling you all that the J360 shows will land on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash J360 Productions. And that is continuing this year, as I am currently converting the remaining Cyclone episodes to be uploaded this week. I had to get them YouTube ready, and that'll be just in time for episode 28's appearance. And I know episode 27 still has to land. Don't worry about it. It'll get there. <laughs> so, you know, consider that this current episode is all about tying up loose ends. You know, you want to keep those plans at bay, too, because I haven't entirely turned my back on YouTube, even though YouTube has done some questionable things as of late. I mean, are they really still trying to kill off small YouTubers? Like, I mean, you got to understand, like, the ones that are top-notch, big-time YouTubers and stuff like that, 
Don't you think that they should be moving on into newer areas of their careers as of late? And what 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 is all this ad pocket? You know what? There's a lot of stuff going on anyway, especially from the Paul brothers, and that's just naming a few. There's a bunch of other crap going on as well. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. But let's go ahead and tie up some loose ends. As a matter of fact, we can start by what I was going to say about the MCU, you know, regarding um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, remember I had some issues with that? And, well, the movie has since been on home release, so I'm going to go ahead and address those issues. Now, remember, when Spider-Man's appearance was announced for the MCU, everybody was elated. So many people, including myself, were so happy that many of us forgotten about the Amazing Spider-Man series. And with good reason, because what Sony was originally going to do was pretty stupid. A Sinister Six movie before a third Spider-Man movie. And useless cameos to build a movie universe is only one of my many problems. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why did I need to see all the Sinister Six's weapons at Oscorp? At the same time, why did I need to see it all in the trailer that led to the... You know what? Amazing Spider-Man 2 has enough problems with it as it is, so I'm not even going to do that. But, you know, the thing about it is they were blatantly trying to make this shared universe kick that we're on. And even that's starting to get kind of annoying to me now, you know. But anyway, Civil War landed and Spider-Man's appearance stole the show and gave everybody a brand new appealing Spider-Man. Tom Holland is doing the role a service and I can't wait to see what happens after Infinity War. You know, I like Spider-Man Homecoming, but... I'm not into the overhype like everyone else is on. I mean, the movie was good at giving us a look into this Spider-Man's world, but here's the few problems I had. The Spider-Sense issue. He had it in Civil War, and you saw how it activated in Infinity War, but in Homecoming, what the hell happened? I mean, it was more infrequent than usual. I mean, granted, many writers have come to the comics and they've either increased or decreased the effectiveness regarding that power over time, especially in the movies. The Tobey Maguire series is notorious for like, hey, you know what? There's times when it works and then there's times when it doesn't. And uh, Amazing Spider-Man, it's like he didn't even know he had it from time to time. You know, it is what it is. But you see, I won't argue about the two times Peter got caught, you know, sneaking back into his house and everything else, because... Usually, if he's safe in his environment, it is possible to sneak up on him. Though he should have known if it was going to happen one time with Ned, it would happen another time with Aunt May. You know what I'm saying? Especially if there's a silver case there on his bed, and he's going to walk around wearing it, he's not masked. But boy, howdy, though, if he was masked, though, May would have just really beat the crap out of him. But I, I thought it was kind of clever at the end when they said, when she said, what the F, you know? I mean, that was okay, but still, though, if you think about his spider sense, for instance, you know, it, it, it just really, the movie just really seemed to not care if he had it or not. You know what I'm saying? But then again, he's still kind of the new kid on the job, so progression is really the most important thing to MCU, so maybe he'll get better at it after Thanos comes to town. Uh, two, I don't care for the, uh, two, I don't care for the iconic suit being made by Stark. 
I prefer Peter building his own suit, but this is for you film fans out there to see the bond between Peter and Stark, whereas he did make the Iron Spider suit for him. I give you that. And so this is just one of that way of saying like Peter and Stark have that bond together. And I just didn't care for him building the iconic Spider-Man suit. I always was about Peter being more self-fulfilling and creating his own suit, which he did, you know, but you know, it's just that the way I see it is, is that, you know, eventually he does create his real suit and stuff like that and he can use it. He doesn't need an AI and all that wild stuff, but you know, there's a reason for it though. It, It works for the continuity in the film. But after a while, you know, as a Spider-Man fan, and I have to keep that under control, you know, that, nah, he always made his own. But, you know, and, and in a way, you know, it was a plot point in the movie because him losing the Stark suit actually allows him to see that he's the real hero, that he, no matter what, he is Spider-Man. You know, kind of a little tidpiece that we were all supposed to learn from Iron Man 3, which um, has since redeemed itself in my eyes as of late because of all the other movies that built around it. Though I'm wondering what happened to cause Tony to get that arc charger back in his uh, body now. And I'm sure there's a lot of other Spider-Man fans out there that are kind of still getting used to things. I mean, no matter how many times, there's always going to be that exception to the rule where everybody's like sitting there. To be fair, which by the way, take your to be fair and shove it because I don't care about that right now. I am looking forward to the Iron Spider-Man suit being used in Infinity War. Because it looks beast. Number three, Liz Toomes. I felt like for the crush slash homecoming date or love interest, you know, I really didn't get to know her as a character too well. And the twist about her parentage aside, I mean, I know that's a plot point too, but all I know is that Peter had a crush on her, she's pretty, intelligent, and she's in the background a lot. I felt like I got to know the snarky Michelle, aka MJ, better, but she was in the background plenty too, so however, I might be nitpicking. Yeah, it's just that, like, at least with the females that Peter interacts with, you know, you get to know them to a point you know you get the gist of them from mary jane to gwen but as usual this is us getting used to spider-man's world so you know at least his problems with relationships are well documented in this movie it's just that i felt as though didn't really get to know her you know what i'm saying i got to know what her father was all about and needless to say i can understand though like you know so like you put all your hard-earned money into a business and you try to take care of your own and whatnot and then what happens is is that you know damage control gets formed and then you can't really function or utilize anything anymore due to bureaucracy and everybody else that followed you chances are they're going to be on the street broken everything i mean i can understand why he did so the tragic arc behind his character was really good it was played well by michael keaton that's one of the saving graces of the film for me along with the idea of the humor and action sequences especially the humor i mean it's a spider-man movie it's supposed to have humor it, it was worthy of it. Of course, you know, the way they went about it saying, Spidey doesn't throw a punch against his villains in this movie. And it's like, okay. And everybody was happily agreeing with that. Me, not so much. I don't mind him throwing a couple of punches here and there. In Infinity War, I hope he actually does be throw a punch here or there. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I know he has to be creative with his moveset and stuff like that. And you know, once again, he's still getting used to the role, but... Go toe-to-toe and do what you gotta do. But everybody else who will disagree with me on this, that's cool. You don't have to agree with me. That's just the way I would go about seeing it. Which reminds me, I wonder how a Dr. Octopus version would be in the MCU. That'd be kind of nice. If you could take the Spider-Man 2 Doc Ock versus the MCU Spider-Man, how interesting would that be? But you know what, though? As soon as Thanos comes into play, things are going to change. I just wonder how the Marvel Netflix series is actually going to keep up with it. Because, you know, we're there, but we're not there yet. And Jessica Jones is supposed to be coming soon in March. 
but I'm still holding out for that third Daredevil. However, next loose end I have is dealing with a list of guilty pleasure films that I have in the vault. Now, some of these movies would make Ed Wood smile with pride or help Tommy Wiseau make another movie, which he should. I would love to see more Wiseau. He might be crazy as bats, but he loves the film industry. You can't take that from him. And that's even without looking at the disaster artist, you know? Like, as I see him and he makes his PR appearances and everything else, even though that, um, that one time, oh, God, and then James Franco, like, pushed him out of the way. That was kind of cringy, but the thing about it is, is, you know, the man does love the industry. You got to give him that. I mean, we could say the same for the guy who created Birdemic and its sequel. But, you know, whether these movies were made to be purposely bad or funded by NFG or to be uncovered to a new audience who listens to this show is completely coincidental. And it's your own fault if you look them up. (laughs) But let's take it from the top. Number five on this list is Rubber. A homicidal sentient tire with telekinetic powers goes on a rampage in a southwestern town. You cannot make this up. It is legitimately a car tire with no rim in it rolling around using telekinetic powers and the reason for it well yeah that, that's about it it just it just does what it does uh number four is thanksgiving a killer turkey causes trouble to a group of literally stupid teenagers on thanksgiving by the way the turkey talks swears and won't hesitate to cut you yeah like a literal killer turkey and i think it has a sequel now called thanksgiving three where allegedly they're supposed to be looking for the missing thanksgiving two and the turkey is just even more crazier in that movie as he is in the first movie. And by the way, all of his victims are just blatantly stupid. Like, it is just a tongue-in-cheek version of any sort of slasher film you know about. And what makes it so cool is is that the theme song's pretty catchy, and when you watch it the first time, you can't just stop watching it. Like, from time to time, like, especially during the holiday season, I just sit back and I just turn it off because I know what's going to happen, but it keeps improving upon itself as it does and it's like damn i mean like at the same time it's just really enjoyable for what it is like you really don't need to worry about plot this is a movie with a killer turkey that says enough phrases to make chucky blush and i love it number three is manos hands of fate now mystery science theater 3000 did a riff on this and rightfully so because it dealt with cultists who use human hands to please their gods yeah yeah, to a point. I mean, the only time that's really relevant is usually, like, around about the middle of the movie, which at the same time, you should have your stuff spiced up by the end of Act 1. I, I guess they didn't even care about the Act principle in this movie. And, like, as soon as you meet the head cultist of the whole thing, you know, he's wearing this crazy-looking suit or a poncho with these two red hands on it. So, basically, you know he's pretty much the man in charge of the whole thing. And then... The family that was there, they they pretty much just didn't care about what was going on around them until, like, they saw them. So, it was, it was a movie that you should watch, but, you know, if you need a cure for insomnia, that would be it. But at best, you would probably watch the uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 version, because it's crazy at that point. I mean, like, he was... God, he, he really wanted her hands, didn't he? But at the same time, though, you couldn't really get by, like, what the... Like, they didn't know what they were doing from time to time, and after the guy was done, he didn't even buy the rights to the film, so pretty much any of us could show that movie if we wanted to. Uh, well, I mean, that happens. I mean, sometimes if you're not managing the money well, you know, it is what it is. But damn if I wasn't confused or laughing at what was going on throughout the whole thing. Uh, number two, Laser Blast. A bully, spoiled kid won't take it anymore, especially when he finds a discarded laser gun and a medallion that gives him the power of destruction and it's changing him into a monster. 
Mystery Science Theater 3000 also did a riff uh, episode on this kind of movie. And, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, you can just tell that the movie was made over about, like, what, two weeks? Because, I mean, if anything else, there's really no growth to it. It's amazing to see that Roddy McDowell was in the movie. Apparently, you know, he just needed to find work after he was done doing the Planet of the Apes films, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just want to do a role to do a role, but... Outside of the main point, though, like... There's two aliens that are actually hunting after the kid. It's not the first encounter that those two aliens had with somebody. Because they had somebody else roaming around in the beginning of the movie with the laser gun. Turned into a full monster. The aliens kill him off. But they leave the machine gun there along with the medallion. And it's like, what, what the hell? I mean, if this is your reconnaissance mission here... Wouldn't you take the weapon that was causing the problem with you so that it wouldn't fall in the wrong hands of anybody else? I mean, the aliens themselves were about the smartest people on the show, but they did a very blatant, stupid mistake. I mean, of course, it's the plot. I get that. But, you know, it's like when you look at that kind of stuff, it's like they just must love roaming around the earth hunting people that'll find that gun. Except for at the end of the movie where... Actually, I'm going to let you guys go look at that movie. It's called Laser Blast and... Either you'll be too busy cracking up or you'll be like, Jay, really, what the hell did you get us to watch? So, let's go on ahead and move into number one. Jack Frost. A serial killer gets caught in an experiment that turns him into the world's most pissed off snow cone. I mean, actually think of it. Frosty the snowman going postal but not having the budget to be anything but a laughable, bungling killer at best. Now, personally, I think the supporting cast was more unhinged than the title character himself. I really do, because, like... It seemed like, more or less, the weakness for the snowman was antifreeze. And in the beginning of the movie, the sheriff's son was baking cookies. So they used the cookies to throw it at Jack Frost, and it was causing him pain. And the sheriff asked him, son, what, what, what did you put in the cookies? And he said, I was trying to make sure you wouldn't freeze or get cold. And then he was like, no, but what you put in the cookies? And the son said the darndest thing. Antifreeze. He put antifreeze in the cookies so his dad would never get cold. And the kid is not young enough to where it's like, oh, he don't know any better. He was like, what, 10 or 11? Yeah. So you see, with a movie like that, that that's cra- You know, sequel's just as crazy, but we're not talking about that right now. Because sequel was kind of lame compared to the first one. The first one was actually funny. You know, like you're sitting there the whole time, you're seeing them fighting against a snowman that they really didn't think that the snowman was the killer, of course. But then they started seeing a whole bunch of stuff happen around town. It was just whatever, you know? But yeah, if you have never seen Jack Frost, the mutated killer snowman, I suggest you look into it. There's also a part where Shannon Elizabeth and the snowman kind of have a little soiree of sorts. And you'll never forget it even if you saw it. But I'm just going to let you all see it for yourselves if you haven't already. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's my top five guilty pleasure movies. Now, keep in mind that... There are more on this list, but I will go ahead and give you five because, you know, there's more to come as I talk about them. But, you know, while many of you may have your own opinions, that's good. List them down in the comments section below about your guilty pleasure list because we all have different tastes. And as we tend to love great movies and strive for seeing or making the best kind of movies, really awful or cheesy movies have a unique charm to them. And it all depends on your POV, whether you like them or not. I mean, because you, you want to give them that benefit of the doubt. Now, I'm sure some of y'all are probably thinking, what about Troma Film or, or Full Moon or even The Rum? Forget you on that, okay? 
The movie libraries and the rooms are great enough to be on a whole different list entirely. I could never put those on guilty pleasure films. Those movies are really... I mean, they're in a charm all their own. I mean, when you got Lloyd Kaufman and you got Charles Band and you got Tommy Wiseau, no matter what sort of stuff you can throw on them, at least those men have managed to finance and create feature films, which is something that a lot of us aspiring creators, unless we get our act together, will probably never do. And we got to get out of our own way to do them. At least they have film catalogs, which, by the way, I would love to see a Demonic Toy sequel. And uh, they're supposed to be doing something else with Toxie now that I think about it. Even though the first two Toxies were like the best one. The, the other two were just weird, but you know, it's trauma. So you're going to have to give them that benefit of the doubt. But as usual, that has nothing to do with the previous list I was telling you. I mean, it's just that, you know, from time to time, we always judge these films. We all have a hierarchy or a benchmark on things. But when it gets to the point where you're sitting there and you're laughing and you're having a good time, you know? Like at the end of The Disaster Artist, where the guy that was playing as Greg said that, you know, it might not be the response you wanted, but everybody's sitting there and they're having a good time. And isn't that what entertainment's really about? Like, you know, instead of just going ahead and criticizing and saying you're wrong all the time, when's the last time we all just went to a movie, sat back, and just enjoy ourselves? Just go on the adventure, you know what I'm saying? I know I probably brought this up in a couple of other J-Man show episodes, but the truth is, is that, you know, sometimes we've gotten so far away. We're experts at everything, yet we master nothing from time to time. Like, some of you are sitting there talking about Black Panther being 100% certified. Maybe it's a good movie. Or maybe it's the fact that Rotten Tomatoes is not exactly the best kind of credibility that you need. You know what I'm saying? All those criticizing sites and stuff like that, they exist for one reason. To let you know whether the movie is good or not. And even then, there's a chance that they've already been paid off to the point where it's rigged. If you know the system is rigged, why do you guys keep investing in it? Use your own common sense. Now, I'm not saying that you should actually get up and go see Fifty Shades Freed, but what I'm saying is if you wanted to go see that kind of thing, that's entirely up to you. Who am I to judge and tell you that you can't go see it? It's like, you know, soon enough, there's going to be a bunch of other great filmmakers that have finally hit the silver screen, and you would want me to go ahead and destroy that kind of movie based on because I didn't get it? No, I don't do that kind of thing. I mean, I usually am very honest about what the hell I watch from time to time. And the thing about it is, is that when you see these movies be made, you know, why you got to be so overly critical? I'll never know. I'll never know why certain some of you have certain problems with some of these other films that came out. I still don't understand why certain people have too much of a coronary about Justice League. You already got rid of Ben Affleck as Batman. I mean, the CGI is, you know, could have been a lot better. But, you know, after a while, you're still going to go see the Shazam movie, aren't you? You're still going to go see the next Wonder Woman sequel. Um, Hopefully, we'll get that Man of Steel sequel. I mean, it is what it is. You know, when it comes to these films, I mean, I can only imagine what will happen when the next Godzilla movie comes out. There's too many monsters in this movie. Oh, I I can't handle it. Oh, Godzilla vs. Kong, where are you at? Oh, You know, I just can't wait to see that kind of stuff because it's going to be like that after a while. You know what I mean? From time to time, everybody's so critical about this and that. They forget that, hey, you know what? You either use MoviePass or you paid your $15.00 to see a two-hour film, and you already got a lot of commercials and a lot of previews to go through, not to mention the PSAs to get there, just shut the hell up and let me watch this movie. You understand what I'm saying? It's kind of like when you look at nerd culture, you get bent out of shape because of Captain Marvel wearing a green suit. 
she's wore a lot of costumes. I think it's okay for her to wear the crease suit. I mean, it's her first appearance. It's the proto-uniform. I mean, you've seen the proto-uniform before. Matter of fact, I think Spider-Man 2002 was like the first movie to ever do a proto-uniform. Which, in a way, it's kind of realistic because, you know, he might not have seen how far he was going to go with the alter ego. So, you know, you got to go ahead and look at it from that point of view. But then you got to understand this. You can't get bent out of shape about it. And like everybody sitting there saying, oh, if they lowered it, if Rotten Tomatoes lowered down Black Panther's numbers, um, um, it's a racial thing. Really? Or could the movie just underperform? Which, by the way, when that movie comes out, the soundtrack is beast. I don't care what you say. And I am going to go see that movie. But it doesn't matter to me what Rotten Tomatoes say. It doesn't matter to me what Flickster says, because Flickster is pretty much Rotten Tomatoes under a different name anyway. I make my own decisions, and the movies that I pay to go see, I might enjoy them. If not for the original premise, I at least enjoy them for the cheese and maybe some of the cringe. I mean, I can say the same thing for when Transformers 5 came out. Everybody sitting there talking about how bad the movie was, and yeah, the movie had its problems, don't get me wrong. Especially when everybody's like, oh my god, Bumblebee finally talked, even though Bumblebee talked at the end of the first one. The very first one, you know, before Shia LaBeouf had his meltdown and nobody wants to work with him anymore. It's like, yeah, okay. So when you have little things like that, you kind of just want to go to see these movies to be entertained. And and it's debatable because some of us, you know, we make our income from reviewing these films. And sometimes it's because of how crazy we are. But then you got to go ahead and look into seeing like where to cut through the act and see like what's the real substance here. Do I go and spend money on this movie or not? And the truth is on the J-Man show the goal is is just yeah be adventurous. Go spend money on any movie you want to see. But just don't be entirely critical about it. Have a good time. Really take the time and make going to the movies fun again. But with the way everything has evolved over the years and there's really little to no self-control here. Of course people don't like going to the movies like they used to. Not to mention the cost of uh, concessions and everything else. But the thing about it is, is just make it fun again. Get out there and enjoy yourself for these things. And stop making everybody else's life a living hell just because if it's a movie that you don't like. Everybody loves The Shape of Water, right? But you see the thing about it is... I could be one of those that didn't like the damn movie. Just because I didn't. You know what I'm saying? But I'd probably be uh, hoisted out of town because I said that, even though I did like the movie. A great love story. But the thing about it is, what about those select fews that don't? Are they really just as bad or against what we love about the movies? They probably just didn't care for it. So, you know, that's where I just had to go on my personal thing about, you know, movie criticism. The same thing with video game criticism. Um, The same thing with art criticism. It's subjective. It differs amongst people. But, you know, I probably went on this tangent long enough (laughs) for now because I still got a bunch of J-Man episodes to do. But, you know, more will be revealed as this show keeps going. And I'm going to go ahead and work on keeping this steady along with the Cyclone. Um, Friday's at J360 is going to be a little different. So the thing about it is you don't have to worry about that too much. No, we're not WWE. We're not giving you a whole lot of content that you have to fester through. Nah. Usually Fridays at J360 is a special event. And for those of you out there in the Potter and fam that want to make appearances on there, you know, for like uh, 15 minutes or show or just be on one of our segments from here or there, you know, just send me an email or let me know on Twitter. It's entirely up to you. 
But that about ends this first half of the first double special of 2018. Because in episode 46, oh yeah, we're going to be handling another look at Valentine's Day. Yep. It's not going to land on Valentine's Day, mind you. It's going to land on Tuesday. But still, you know, y'all are going to have to really uh, bear with me on this because I'm going to town on that episode. But for now, I want to thank you all for joining in and hearing me out about this regarding movies and loose ends. The best thing to do is just try not to make sure they happen again. But, you know, as we're all human, it could happen. But until then, that just means I have more episodes to cover, right? Plenty to look forward to. And I want you all to take care of yourselves until then, okay? This is Jay, signing off.